Hey guys, how we doing? We're doing good. We're doing uh, we're doing a, a Sayer Q and A tonight. As if people didn't know, we're gonna have a good time. We've got a bunch of questions from the wonderful Geekly community, but I suppose we should uh, probably at least give ourselves a cursory introduction. I am Adam Bash. You've probably heard me on something else at some point, and I do. Most of the grunt work for Sayer. Uh, with me is all the rest of the writing crew. So we've got Ashley Shadowbrook with us. Hey guys. That was kind of it was kind of creepy. Um, we have Jonah Gregory. Hello. How Less are you? Less creepy. Is an improvement. And we have Nika Howard. <laughs> Hi guys. Probably never heard of me. Nope. You are an enigma. <laughs> So we're doing a Sayer Q&A because everybody else is doing a Q&A. Also because there was a lot of Qs to A because the last episode, I guess, got people thinking and asking questions, which is good. It's kind of what we're looking to do. Yeah, yeah we like it when that happens. So we, we had... Like when we confuse you. We had, I don't know, probably, I want to say maybe 30 questions. Or something like that. Well, the the document of single spaced questions is two pages, right, right. so pretty burly. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of questions, um, and so we kind of narrowed them down. We can't probably get through all of them, um, but we narrowed them down. We had everybody pick like five questions, and so we've got at least twenty. Um, we're going to be taking questions from the the Twitch chat, and then um, if we still have extra time, we can go back and answer a few more of them that we. A few of the drag questions, the ones that we thought were totally <laughs> shitty questions. That why are they even on this list? Why are they? Why did we, I even keep them? Why did I not? Geekly community, come on. Yeah, I printed most of those ex other questions out, and they are now in my bathroom for backup toilet paper. <laughs> no, they're all good questions. Am I the only one drinking? Because I thought that was like tradition. So I no, I'm drinking. I had to. I I had two. I had two choices. I could either test the stream settings. Yeah. Or I could go get beer. So you got beer, I assume. I got beer. There See, you go. now I'm the only one that doesn't have anything. No, I don't have just, anything either. I just have tea. Okay, good, because I don't yeah. have my boot on, and I was too lazy to roll <laughs> over to the liquor cabinet. So I'm trying to be good, because I tend to get drunk really fast whenever we do these streaming things. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Well, I'm not just drinking rum and coke. It's cracking. Because it's oh, it's a nice. geekly oh, podcast. Oh, that stuff is good. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's crack and yeah. yeah. coke. <laughs> we just put crack in Don't his give away coke. my secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I drank so much crack in at GeeklyCon. I have so much crack in left. I have a billion of those little bitty oh. bottles, and they are the best. Mm -hmm. They're so just cute. grab one, take it with you. Like, they're travel sized. Perfect. Okay, so let's get into questions because okay. yeah. we have to throw out some cues before we can give some A's. Right? Should we put the yeah. question in our little group chat for the hangout before we answer it, in case you forget the question? Sure. Okay. That actually sounds like a really good idea. Are we going in order, Adam, just straight down the line, whichever one's got a star? I don't know. Um, here's what I was kind of thinking we could do, because um, I want everybody to have an opportunity to to not feel like they're getting talked over or anything like that. In other words, say shit that when it's not me, because I talk over people. I know I'm not going to get talked over. I don't want everybody oh, else I to will... get talked over. I will say things. So Adam, here's what here's what I'm thinking though. I'm thinking we can kind of go round robin this shit and say uh, like we can like because we've each got five that we kind of chose right, and so yeah. we can kind of go around, 
that you don't have to read it in any order, but you're in charge of the five that you starred. Oh God. And then um, like just we'll just go around and and you know you say your question and then you give your thoughts. We'll just kind of spitball it from there. That sound cool. Okay. It's a plan. All right. Um, do you want them pulled up? Does someone have them pulled? I up? have. I have them. I have them. Pu- yeah. I have them pulled up. I can put okay. them in our chat, Nika. Okay. Cool. I'm not gonna have our chat open because it kind of screws with the way I've got the stream set up. But I have yeah, them open no in worries. Drive. Okay. So, shall I start us off since I have yeah. it open, or would you like to go first, Adam? No, go for it. Okay, so let me go ahead and throw this in our chat. This question comes from our dear friend Rob Weeks, and it is, what are the team's backgrounds in writing and or production? And uh, personally for me, podcast-wise, at the point at which I started this, this was the only podcast I was involved in. I do write, nothing published yet, but aside from that, it's all very unofficial and just for fun. What about you guys? Um, you ever done a I podcast before, a, Nika? Um, <laughs> you know, I have been on um, a little one, uh, but I didn't write for that. I wrote like a character background, and then I've written lots of backgrounds for characters for D&D games, and then I wrote a lot of papers in college. That's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> you put those yeah. on a resume, right? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if it was applicable. Um, Joan and I know each other from the video game podcasting days. It's true. We, we met because um, both ooh. of our sites had the word damage in the name. That's right. That is 100% well, it, the only reason we know each other, I'm pretty sure. The only re- yeah, it's true. The only reason we know each other is because I, um, because my ego is what it is. I was Googling my own show because my show was called Fall Damage and his show was called Wing Damage. And so um, I was Googling my own show and then I found his show. And, and you were like, what um, the hell is this? There's not supposed well, to be any and, other and, results. Yeah. <laughs> and another buddy, like a buddy of mine that I had met, had like started this thing where he he would like reach out to other podcasts and like try to like do a podcast guest host exchange program where it's like like he would go on my show, I would go on his show, and he would just kind of, he would like pitch that around to a lot of people. So I pitched that to to Jonah. So I did a show with him. He did a show. Uh, he did my show, and so um, you know that's kind of how we knew each other. And then actually, you knew. Mike Bachman. Oh yeah, he's he's been on our our podcast many many times. Um, we met through the JPEG, which is the Joystick Podcast Appreciation Group, back in the early days when a lot of the big name people at Joystick were still there. That before they all moved on to Polygon, they had a really uh, pretty good community going of podcast listeners on Facebook, and then Facebook changing how their communities were set up kind of destroyed everything. <laughs> and also destroyed that community in a way because it was so hard to keep up with everybody after that. Um, but that's how I know Mike. So we actually, um, you know, I, I knew about Drunks and Dragons when he was first starting it only because we knew each other from podcasting about video games together. <laughs> yeah, and then for for a while there, he was doing a show called A Fistful of Pixels. Right. And I know that, like, he was he had come on your show 
And then I had heard about that show, and so I started listening to Mike's show. And so then I was on Mike's show a couple of times. And so all of that came from just having video game podcasts. And I had one from from like 2000, I want to say it was like 2008 that I started. So it was like from 2008 to like 2012. Yeah. I had one for a while. And I was doing... And it was a lot of fun. Sorry. <laughs> well, before no, before the video game stuff, um, I was doing a comic book with my not Jesse, my my one of my many other brothers who is an artist, <laughs> um, and uh, we actually I had a podcast on our site that was just me and Jesse, who Jesse that does the music for Sayer now, and like we would have random friends of ours on as the third chair, and we would just talk about random garbage, and that was before we started uh, wing damage and stuff, so. I actually had a background in writing comics and um, no like formal training or anything. Just I really like writing stories and um, Sayer actually be- was a good opportunity for me to like get back into doing it more regularly. So that's kind of why I jumped at the chance when you put the call out for other writers. I have one yeah. story if people have not checked it out on my Amazon page. It's in a very similar vein, I would say, just tonally. So it's on Amazon if you look up my name. Um, trying to write more, but Sayer is, we have so many extra things that we're working on now that I've kind of put everything else on the back burner. I have to, I have to write a game, so that's going to be a lot of writing. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the dream, right? No big. That's the dream, right? To, Mm -hmm. to have a game that like, you can say, okay, I did that. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm excited about the Twine game. I have, I have some cool ideas. I think people are going to like, but I can't talk about them yet. At least not live. Secrets. Secret. Keep it secret. Keep yeah. it safe. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to go in order as how you appear on my screen. So that means, Jonah, you're next. Oh, what am I reading? Any any of the questions that you quest- starred. Oh, Maybe by somebody besides Rob. Let's just kind of okay. bounce let's, around because uh, we have them all in order in. by who asked them. But let's probably all right. mix it up. Okay. So this one is definitely uh, show related. I know we're probably going to bounce between ones that are about the show and ones that are more off topic uh this one's from mike mcginnis uh he he asks has each episode aside from episode six been from the point of view of sven or have we been in uh different residents in different episodes and And i would um, just like i would just like to point out one thing before we get too 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 much into this question and that is internally the name that we've always used for the resident that we've had so far has been svengor so we've always referred to him as Sven or svengor which was just one for of for a while there he really didn't have a name it's true. and we finally were just like we need to call him yeah, something yeah we called him resident and then like he would interact with other residents and we're like okay we got to come up with a name so that we know what the hell we're talking about and svengor was a name mentioned when you when sayer says pick yeah. a name for yourself and that's in the yeah. list and if you and read, early on if you've read my amazing <laughs> fan fiction of um <laughs> Sayer, the best. uh i use yeah. that name because i i was pretty sure you didn't care if i threw our internal name out there and no. uh, then i because referenced it later know? on twitter and you're like as sayer who's svengor <laughs> i'm like wait yeah. a minute i thought that was uh, never mind i guess it hadn't become canon yet at that point yeah it wasn't it wasn't but it was still it was still funny um, the <laughs> but to answer your question, uh, each episode, aside from episode six, has indeed been from the point of view of Sven. We haven't switched to different residents or anything like that. Um, it's always been Sven in this particular arc. We haven't focused on anyone else with the exception of Anna, but even then, that's Sven in Anna's body. Right. Um, but it's a good question and one that 
I think because of the format that we use and the fact that that the, that the resident isn't isn't really um, called by name, um, at least not reliably, um, it, it could be a question that you could ask yourself, like you know, what's the si- what's the sitch with this? You know, right. you don't necessarily know. So, I could understand being confused with that myself. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go back and re-listen and kind of think about what if they were all different. I don't know. I have to go back and re-listen to everything. Yeah, well, it was it was a handful of episodes in before we started thinking we wanted to go on an arc at all. Like we were yeah. kind of we were kind of going um, more as just just mainly as one-offs for the longest time, mm-hmm. and then we decided we wanted to kind of tie one into the next, into the next, into the next, and carry this arc that we kind of worked together to, to think out, and. Um, I think that was kind of that 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 arc from eight. We went, we took it off a, a show for nine, and then ten, eleven, twelve. Um, that was that was kind of something that we just um, we were all interested in seeing if we could carry a story for a handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. So um, the and rest of actually... them, yeah, you you could almost look at them as independent, but. Mm-hmm. And that ties into a question that, uh, let me double check who this was, uh, a question that Mike McGinnis asked us as well. You're fucking up again. our order here, and Ash. You're fucking up our order. I'm sorry. It, it's fine. It's, no, it, it's I'm natural. I'm going with the flow. It fits right in there. Okay. How much of a surprise is each episode to the other writers? <laughs> Do they have a general sense of what's going to happen, or is they are, are they as in the dark as the rest of us? And this is... <laughs> This is kind of a funny, fun question because it ranges. Sometimes we'll sit down together and we'll have meetings. We'll be like, okay, so this is what we want to happen and this is where we want it to go. And which is a lot of what we did. We did a lot of talking for this past, uh, you know, four four or five episode arc. And, but before that, it was kind of a, oh, look, they dropped their episode in the drive. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) I'm excited (laughs) to see it. It's, uh, we do write very much independently of each other. And like, for me, if we haven't talked about it, I try not to read it until it comes out because I just want to hear it like all completed and everything. Like there's a few times where, um, I know Ash has been like, Hey, will you check this out? See what you think. And I've had her, you know, read my stuff before. And then, but most of the time I like to be surprised and hear it with the listeners. I think it's more fun. You get like the excitement of it, of it being fresh and. It is very fun getting those new scripts. Uh, But yeah, it generally is a surprise what direction they're going to go. And even if we do know major plot points, there's so much room in there to mess around that we can can still be surprised by what they put in there. Yeah, I think... um... I think part of it is, and this is this is one of the issues we kind of ran into with so far with this show, is that when we did get into this this situation where we're building a show upon a show upon a show, um, we've got ourselves into this kind of weird situation where you do have to wait. You have to wait for um, for for one show's script to come out before you can start writing the next show, um, and it's not a situation that we had early on. But it's a situation that we kind of find find ourselves in now. Um, so the last. Uh, I'd say the last probably four shows or so um, we've, I don't know. I felt a little rushed on production with it because we'll get scripts later because nobody could start it until, you know, they had, they had listened to or heard or, or, or read through um, the previous, the previous episode. So um, 
it's kind of it's kind of caused us a handful of issues being being serialized the way we have been over the last few episodes. So that was kind of uh, something I didn't see coming, but was interesting. But speaking just to kind of like, um, you know, what you know going into it, I I hundred percent trust, you know, all three of the other writers here with the story that we're trying to tell. Um, I try not to. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's proven it's proven detrimental to my sanity at times. But, um, you know, I, I I I've been able to kind of relinquish a little bit of that of that. I, I want to be excited by it as much as anybody. I want to like be like blown away when I read something or, or hear something as well. You know, um, and I can't get that if I've got my fingers in in everything. So even I'm a lot of times the first time I read through something, I'm just like, holy shit, where are we going with this? Um, and it's, I mean, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's weird to, to, that it's able to meld, I think, into such a cohesive, um, a, a kind of a, a cohesive storytelling thing, um, since everybody's just kind of coming at, from it from their own perspective. Um, but I think we've got enough of an idea as to what the world is and enough of an idea as to who the, the main players are that, um, you know, we're, we're able to, to, to be kind of together on that. I do distinctly remember one episode that I had given to Adam with no no sort of background story behind it or anything. I just threw him the script and didn't tell him anything about it. And after that, I got a DM on Twitter and it was like, "Are you do you remember what show you're writing from for? Are you serious?" And then after I could tell after he had finished the script, he just wrote, "Ha ha ha ha." ha. So it is very much a surprise for for a lot of us. Yeah, there was an episode that was that was like um was that the, that was like the second episode that you wrote or something like that? That was pressure, I think. Was it? Because it, it, yes. it was the one that yes, was originally was. butterflies, right? Wasn't it? Right, right. Because there was there was it was like this love love story thing happening at a certain point, and I'm like, what the? Where where are we going with this? We, there's no love stories happening on this world, and then to, <laughs> there to is like, no love on Typhon. <laughs> yeah, and then like we realize that it's a it, it's a manifestation of. of of deeper like physical trauma from <laughs> as a result of being attacked by it's exactly the way we like carnivorous our plants and it's like okay now i can work with this i don't know I, I i like this question as well because i like to hear from you guys like even in your own scripts i know what you guys turn in er, turn into me and then what actually ends up being recorded sometimes are a little bit different i yeah. have a tendency so to rewrite god I have a tendency to re- rewrite like huge sections of scripts and stuff like that. Um, Not always, though. It depends. It just depends on on how it sounds. I mean, to I me think when we could probably count the number yeah. of times we've needed like massive yeah. rewrites. It's actually oh yeah, the, the same reason why collaborating in the comics back in the day was so much fun for me was because I would turn in a script. My brother, who was doing the artwork, would basically be storyboarding the page and then drawing the page and then penciling it, like or the lettering it. So like the dialogue and stuff would get modified. Sometimes, you know, he would tweak things that happen. It's the same thing. Anytime you work with a group and you're collaborating on a creative project, that's going to happen. But the, the beauty of that is when, once you get to see the final project product, it's just different enough that you get to experience it for the first time, even as the writer of it, like of an episode, um, which I don't think you would really, you know, you don't really get that with, like if I, when I'm writing short stories and stuff, you know, because it's just me. Yeah. And then I'll send it to a couple friends and be like, hey, are there any like massive plot holes or anything I'm not noticing, you know? But this is a lot different than that because the final product is Adam. So it's 
you know, it's another person that's going to do a final pass, basically, which is really, it's always uh, cool to see that from a writer's standpoint. I I think for the most part, like, I try to, um, like, it's it's side stuff. It's, like, alerts and stuff that Mm -hmm. are going on that I try to add to most of this stuff. But then otherwise, it's just, if there's an opportunity to take it in a very tense or dramatic direction like when i'm recording it and if i feel like the moment would would go differently then i'll sometimes rewrite it and i know that's we're going to get into what happened in and the most recent episode i know that that's a that was a topic of a lot of questions um but that was a that was a situation where that kind of happened where we had kind of written it out one way and then when i was recording it i actually recorded the entirety of the script that ash had sent me and then i got to the ending and it didn't it didn't work like it just it not that and it, it was just it just was it just wasn't it wasn't tense enough at the time and so i started because at the time we had said let's wait a couple more yeah episodes yeah the, the plan was we and yeah we had always planned on killing svengor off sorry guys that was sorry the plan. <laughs> he was that was the plan he was from born get-go. to die he was born to yeah he, he, was, did, he lasted was... the basically what we consider the first full season at this point and yeah i don't, he I don't think we longer. were originally planning on keeping him around that long no and, and it was basically i mean he, that character was there for such a long time specifically for the purpose of kind of getting ever getting the listeners feet wet in the world and so that they have a frame of reference to be able to understand like all the crazy shit that's that's going down um, and then allow us to tell some different stories from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, we kept him alive a lot longer than we intended to. And we actually, at this point, we were, we'd gone on this arc and the culmination wasn't even supposed to be him dying. It was supposed to be just kind of a, a happenstance thing a few episodes further down the line. Um, but as I was, as I'd recorded that, like once we got to the end, it wasn't tense enough. So I wanted to bring like a security thing into it to make it more tense and then i realized when i was doing it that it there's only one way it was gonna yeah there was only one way it was gonna go so i (laughs) and you even messaged us you were you were g-chatting us like frantically like guys i think this is it he's gonna die yep he's gonna die right now (laughs) i uh i and so then i that's that was why that episode came out um at the end of friday because i started i started trying to record it on tuesday night and then I realized I wasn't getting what I wanted with it, and so I, I left it, and then I rewrote it on Wednesday, and um, I redid the whole recording. So I recorded the whole thing from scratch again, and I, I think it turned out um, much better than it would have. I think it's pretty clear everybody liked it. <laughs> or hated it, as the case may be. <laughs> well, either way, ambivalence is the only thing we don't want. Okay, Nika, hit me with a question. Um, okay, so I'm picking one from Mike McGinnis, and it's, is Anna from episode 10, the Anna mentioned, Anna, I'm sorry, in episode 6, or is this name just a coincidence? And I thought this was really funny, because this is what Adam and I had talked about whenever (laughs) I wrote. Um, So, my education background is in history and in Russian, so my go-to name just for a woman is always going to be Anna, or something Russian-esque. Um, so I was writing it and I was just like, well, shit, let's just pick a person. We'll go with Anna. So I sent it and then Adam was reading through it and everything. He's like, do you realize this is from the standalone episode? (laughs) And I was like, no, but that's fantastic. So it was a coincidence that happened to work really well for the story arc. 
Yeah, I was glad that you kind of highlighted that one because I was, I was hoping that you would see that one highlighted because that was hilarious. It was one of those serendipitous things. And that seems to be like, that's happened to us a lot where um, we will we will kind of fall ass backwards into something connecting and then go like, oh shit, this would work so well if this is the way it worked out. Um, and that was one of those situations where I... Like I, when I read it, I thought, "Oh, that's really smart." And then she's like, "Oh, I just kind of picked it," and I'm like, "Don't care. It's the best. I- it's the best idea in the world. Like, let's let's go with that." Because then we're able to, without telling that story, like, I mean, you can hear that, you know, you could start to piece some stuff together as to to, you know, what her background is, and you know, there are other people there besides the one resident that we're following that have equally effed up. Um, stories as to how they got in this situation. So, and it's one of those things where you always, when you're reading like a novel or something, you're like, "How did this author tie everything together so nicely?" And then, uh, like the the example of that that always stuck with me was uh, with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He had a scene where the infinite improbability drive turned uh, a missile into like a pot of a potted plant, and it thought like oh no not again and then three novels later he like tied that into a character who was reincarnating over and over and over again and it was this total coincidence but it's like sometimes you can as a writer you can just accidentally fall into that sort of thing and it's kind of amazing like i it, that it ever actually happens and it's surprising at how often it happens <laughs> when you're writing especially with a group like i wouldn't expect it to happen as much as it does but it just keeps happening. It is really serendipitous how much that happens with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, Michael, Thrifty Nerd Tomorrow has a question. If you can do the Sayer voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can, I can do it how I do it when I record, but it's not going to sound much like Sayer. Um, but I can, I can do exactly how I record it. I don't have my pop filter on right now, so it might get a little poppy, but... I... Am Sayer. That's how it sounds when wow. I do it. I've it never actually heard it. As, it sounds yeah. dopey as shit. But then, yeah, I've never heard you do it either. But then, once you uh, put it through the modulation, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But it is different than your normal voice. I always just imagined. I don't know for some reason you Adam like. Sitting there, I just sit here and talk. I am Sayer. Resident, right. <laughs> uh, could you fucking stop being an asshole, resident? Yeah, so we've all been in episodes at this point, so you've actually heard all of our voices at various points. You have indeed heard each and every one of us. Um, The the scientists or the the medical guy checking out Sven at the beginning of an episode. I I wrote in just so I could be in an episode, just so you know. So I I I was feeling really (laughs) left out. Bullshit. And I'm not an I'm not a professional actor, but I did my best, you know. I was originally um, going to send yeah. you Shaggy voice, like, Zoink Scoob, <laughs> like, what's that? But I decided against <laughs> like it. Like, Zoink Sven. <laughs> yeah, no, well, the the thing is, is that it, it is, I mean, it is similar to my voice, but I have to put, like, I have to emphasize differently. We'll talk a little bit about emphasis and how that voice is kind of made. You also have to not breathe. <laughs> no, well, you have to breathe away from the mic, and then I have to cut out all the breathing. But it it's it surprisingly... It is a very breathy voice. Like you have to breathe a lot when you do it because it's very like the syllables are drawn out. And so it's a very breathy voice when you do it. But whenever I find myself kind of straying too far away from it, 
I love the fact that we have a we have that phrase I am Sayer in every episode because that is what I key back in on. So if I ever like I do multiple takes of something and it just doesn't sound right and it doesn't sound like Sayer and it just I just can't get my my voice to go the right direction with it and it happens every episode i just stop and i'll say the catchphrase again and then like (laughs) next thing you know i'm like okay now that's that's the voice that's where i'm going with this and then i'm able to get it like the next take so it's useful very nice who's next um oh okay i gotta do one of my questions right yeah okay um so we're gonna ask or we're gonna answer this question is from Michael Urban, a.k.a. White Morpheus. The question is, is Sayer Aerolith and vice versa? Um, is it manipulating everything or are there still humans somewhere behind the scenes? Uh, the ending of the last episode has me questioning everything. Um, so I told you we were we were okay with talking about plot. Everybody was a little... Everybody, I think, assumed when we said we'd do a Q&A that we weren't actually going to answer any questions like this <laughs> um, because it is a little bit of inside baseball. But I'm fine with answering this question. No, um, Sarah is not Aerolith. Um, there is a corporation um, that has created him. Uh, he is the voice box of Aerolith to all of these residents, but he isn't the decision maker behind a lot of this stuff. Although we, we've seen um, in at least one episode that he has some level of autonomy. So whether that is pre-programmed or something that is evolving with him is, I guess, kind of yet to be seen. But there are um, there are beings behind Sayer that are, I guess, kind of pushing the the buttons back there somewhere. So um. yeah, it's definitely not Sayer running things, or things would be a lot more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So that was I mean, a short I one. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how deep, deep we want to dig. That's the problem. Not not yeah. too deep. Well, that's what one of the questions we didn't star, but I think ties right into that was if there was one word we would use to describe Sayer. What oh, would my it God, be? Jonah, you pick this and you pick this. No, no. Wait, wait. Should Before I say, you it? say no? this? OK, can I say to, can I, I want to say to, I want to say if, two things. If you need to cut me off. First cut of all, me off. <laughs> I'm cutting you off for a reason. Okay. First of all, we're not answering that question. OK. Because it steals so much of, of what we're trying to build. But the other part of the question, or the other thing I wanted to say, is that the 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 one word that you picked was the same word I picked. Yeah, I figured. Okay, see, that's <laughs> not the word that I picked at all. When I read that, I'm like, I, that's the first thing that came to my mind. But I don't want, uh, that gives too much away if we if we answer that. Okay, fair enough. We've we've made it clear in the show that whatever the thing we're talking about that we can't say is a thing. So <laughs> Yeah, it's in there. Oh, boy. Okay, so now we need another question. Ash. All right, is it background to me? It is. Mm-hmm. I am <coughs> going to take another question from our friend Rob Weeks. Is he the only one that's our that... friend? Oh, no, they're all our friends. Okay, well, Why I mean, have I didn't... been saying that they're our friends? I don't know. None of the rest of us have been saying that they're our friends, but Ash has said that twice and well, he's taken I'm Rob Weeks' questions Sorry twice. you're not that friendly. All right, so what influences the writing? Current events, history knowledge, things like that. And a lot a lot of things influence my writing, I know. Um, a lot of whatever's going on when I'm writing directly goes right into my uh, what I'm doing. The episode Pressure, 
where he had a manifestation of butterflies in his stomach um, happened right after I had thought I had butterflies in my stomach because I was going out on a date, but it turned out I had appendicitis. Um, so that went directly into a Sayer script. And I knew as soon as it happened when I was at the doctor's office, I was like, I am putting this in there somewhere. Because sometimes you just catch something and you're like, that's, that's not a bad idea. Um, but for me, it could be anything to what is sitting on my desk at the time that I'm writing. I had uh, Oh, there's that one episode that you wrote that was entirely about a stapler. That was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) The the character Dr. Abraham in in this most recent episode was actually based on a fellow Geekly. Uh, His name is Abe. He went to GeeklyCon, and he had asked me to send him, when he travels around the world, he collects dirt. And so he had sent me a baggie and asked me to send him some dirt from GeeklyCon. And that happened to be sitting on my desk at the time. And so that turned into ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And that's what brought about that whole thing. So it's totally random for me. What about you guys? Um, mine is, I try to, mine's like history knowledge. Um, I really like all of soviet and pre-soviet era russia so that's how i try to write all of my sayer um and then it's also what type of music i listen to so i try to listen to like really creepy a lot of desperation um and like deft tones stuff like that that's just kind of really mellow and darker so that i can try to not make it as cheery because apparently my sayer is super happy sometimes. <laughs> oh my god. The first No, guys, listen. The first episode of Sayer that she wrote, and this is some inside baseball bullshit right here. But Sayer like laid out the residents' clothes. It was like the Jetsons <laughs> was, or some shit. He like, was so happy. He was so him. happy. He was, was very the, proud of the residents. I I said <laughs> I'm like I'm like Nika, this is a this is a great I like the I love the ideas here. But it's too cute. <laughs> it was just too cute. Maybe someday. Maybe yeah. someday. It was a, it, well she had built Chibi Sayer is what had happened. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> awesome. <laughs> When we eventually start merchandising, that will be oh, available God. for sale. Oh, Chibi Sayer. Yes. <laughs> With little, like, blushy twinkles. I love it. It's a beachy sparkle. <laughs> yes. Jonah? Um, I'm I'm pretty into, like, uh, classic sci-fi, um, like, novels, movies, anything. Like, um, anyone who's familiar with Day of the Trifids will see that influence directly into the break room episode that's where the killer plants came from um basically like that's actually sparked my interest in going back and basically like googling like the top sci-fi novels from the 70s so now i have this reading list of those that i'm going through um yeah i'm i'm really into that stuff i'm also pretty influenced by you know i hit uh, again, going back to Hitchhiker's Guide, <laughs> like uh, that just hit at the perfect time for me in like you know yeah. early junior high. Um, so that's kind of always been a huge influence on me. So I, I know you've made the comment before that mine, my episodes are a little wackier sometimes on the especially the 
alerts and things like to start. Yeah. So I try and keep that oh. in check to a degree, but I think that's one of the. That's the that was funnest. not meant to be. That was not meant to be an admonishment. That was a hey, we should all kind of try to do this. Now we've been in a weird yeah. situation lately where we. Jonah was the first one to do an alert, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. He was the first one to make that up, and I remember because it was like falafel night, and I lost my shit reading that <laughs> well, script. I'm glad to hear that. That makes me quite it happy. Was so good. I I don't know. Yeah. I, I so have now we have now we've got now we've got alerts about circus nights yeah. and like <laughs> trampoline being able to, yeah <laughs> trampoline for recreation time and like that's the thing that I like it's um I mean at heart I thought it was always going to be just kind of like a dark comedy thing but it's it's kind of it's kind of it's got to have moments yeah I mean it's <laughs> it's edged more towards horror than I thought it really would yeah um but it it's just still. It's tongue in cheek, and that's what we we try to go for. Is like you've got to be able to laugh throughout it. There's got to be parts where it's just like this is fucking crazy. Yeah, I try, <laughs> this is just I try the and incorporate thing. as much of that as I can without it getting ridiculous. I guess is the idea because I have I have a pretty dry sense of humor. Like I've been drinking tonight, so I might be a little more uh, goofy than normal. But no, uh, like a lot of people when they first meet me are like think I'm total deadpan and don't have a sense of humor. That's uh, something that uh, Brittany has encountered. Like when she's talked to other people, they're like, think I'm very stoic. And then they get to know me and it's, you know, the random one-liners out of nowhere type of thing. That's kind of what I go for in person. So, yeah. <laughs> so I try and incorporate as much of that into the writing as I can. Um, for me, I don't, I guess I don't generally go into to my episodes with too much of an agenda. Um, Usually, I just try to think of something. Um, I, I try to think of something scary, something that just conceptually um, is terrifying to just kind of everybody. And then I try to put, figure out a way that I can put someone in that situation, and you know, assuming that it's going to be something that can be um, th that can be recreated uh, audibly. Um, I try to. I just try to put the resident into as scary a situation and then continually ask myself, now how can this get worse? <laughs> and that's generally how I, how I write. Yeah. Um, the, with exception of the standalone episode that we did, which was one that I had an idea for when, before we started, like when we were, we were spitballing and trying to really come up with what this show was going to be about. And, um, before we really got into, um, just kind of the, the basic format of it is that I had that idea that I wanted to do just a one-off show where it was someone trapped in an isolation pod and you get um, claustrophobia and you get uh, like the, the unending march of time where you're unable to move and you're in this enclosed space. And um, it was just an idea that I had had before we really started. And so when I did that one, that one was really easy. It kind of wrote itself. Um, but for the most part, like I said, I just, what's something that I find creepy or freaky? And then I try to go from there. But it's going to, I think it's going to be a little different going forward. Um, I'm going to have to probably be more targeted <laughs> and try to figure out what I want to do with it. Because I can't just pick random scary things anymore. I'm going to run out of those yeah. at some point. I kind of go in a little blind to a lot of, like in most episodes, if we haven't discussed specifics ahead of time. Like, the, again, mm -hmm. with the break room one, that was just you had started a thread on the Geekly forums where people could ask questions to Sayer, and that kind of inspired yeah. the Q and A section of that episode. 
Um, but like the last one that I wrote um, was where we introduced the mind teleportation. And that's the first script where you had to give me notes and be like, what the hell is going on in this episode? <laughs> and I had to go back and really flush it out. And I was really happy to see the rest of you kind of pick up that idea and run with it because I didn't know how that was going to go over. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, I think one of the most exciting things about about writing collaboratively like this is that every time you read someone else's script, it's, oh, shit, what could I do with that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. we've got a lot of things that we've just kind of we've just kind of rolled out there in episodes past that we rolled out there with the intent of, okay, someday we can come back to this and it's going to be fertile ground for making, like, a really fun episode about. Um, and all of that has kind of been just organic you know it's something that's just kind of grown out of ideas that each of us have, have had and so it's really exciting to do that to be able to um i don't know i guess i guess think about you know someday down the line we want to go back to the stairwell of lang or somewhere down the line you know well, that's coming we, that's coming back trust me i've got some ideas yeah <laughs> i mean somewhere in somewhere in halcyon tower there's a, a lab that is that that holds all types of um terrible creatures i mean we heard that on the second episode i think it was i know it was a, was it which one was was your first one ash was it three uh, three one? do not stop running we heard about um uh what was it something lab zeta or something like that i have to go back and look at the script lab, i don't remember but something the holding something got out yeah something got out at yeah. one point and but i mean there's some crazy ass shit like some scp level craziness going down somewhere and um, that is a, a big inspiration for me with Sayer is the, the SCP stuff. That's yeah. I constantly think of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for a different question? I think so. Let's get a different question. Okay. Who's, uh, whose turn is it? I think is it's it... me. I'm looking Jonah? down the list yeah. here. I do believe it's right. Jonah. Did we, did we get any from John? I don't know how to pronounce your name, John. I apologize. But you're our friend. I don't know how to say his His name is he's, Almighty Moose in the chat. Okay. Yeah, so our friend like Main Moose Tracks. I think really I'm going to, I apologize in advance, John, but I think it's, I think it's Dotail. I don't think there's an L at the end. Dotai? Yeah, there is. It's I-L. Well, but no, I mean, it was like, silence. Oh, when you pronounce it? So the question yeah, is, how do you pronounce Dotei? my name? Oh, wait, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Are you afraid right, right, of bees? Okay. And I thought that Dote. the reason Dote. I put this, I liked this go. question Dote. was it kind of gives us a chance to talk a little bit about our own fears that we bring to the show. Um, so that if, if you didn't hear it, the question is, are you afraid of bees? Um, personally, I don't like any flying insects at all. Like, I'm not afraid <laughs> of them, but things that buzz by my head, especially by my ear, just like, there's that split second of like, oh god, what is that? And then it's like, oh, it's just a bee, or it's just a moth, or whatever. Um, I'm also the resident spider killer in my family, um, so that, that, like, bugs don't really bother me, unless they're swarming. Like, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, if it has one scene that really like worked it was the scene with all the bugs where he has they have to like reach their hands into a thing full of squirming bugs everywhere and with the centipede yeah and, and that that really stuck Whoa. with me through the years <laughs> now, i remember when we when you wrote that episode and we were talking we were talking on on hangout mm -hmm. and i'm like here's one of the things i really want i really want passwords i really want like 
like locks in this place like for residences i want them to work on um mental some sort of mental password right and i'm like and i just want the idea of um this guy's i want i want these 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 mental passwords to be just unbearably like disturbing to think about so that every time you have to go in and out of your residence you have to think of this completely awful thing yeah and so I was I pitched you on like like just the idea of bees crawling in your mouth and inside <laughs> your eyes and your ears and just like and you were just like shuddering at the thought of yeah. it when I was in well, it was, I didn't it know it was that bad enough it. like that that was a thing but then like my grandpa told me a story of when he was a kid and like kicked a nest on like running down a trail or something and basically got swarmed and was describing it to me and how he was like oh, how God. he was like reaching out and just like smashing handfuls of bees to like try and get them off him and I was just like yeah I can work with that <laughs> yeah I mean you took it in a really funky direction and it was cool I mean we've lucked out in some of the tracks that I've been able to find to layer in for music and the one that I layered in for that part where we were describing thinking of these bees and stuff like that is one that I've only used a handful of occasions because it is so like heavy handedly like like creepy and it just it sounds like like metal screeching right. and stuff like that and it's only the only time I've really used it was for that and I used it for the most recent episode yeah. every time and when the, it stops it's like the most relieving feeling ever when that when that right. music just yeah, that's suddenly the best stops, part about that track is you're just like yeah. oh life it's isn't like the so bad are after getting all. turned and it's just like <laughs> yeah we could talk a little bit more about the music and stuff like that if we get a chance to after we yeah. get through our questions but um, I'm trying to get as much of it replaced with uh, with Jesse's stuff as we can yeah um, but all the music that we're using right now is all from um, uh, freesound I think freesound.org and it's all Creative Commons zero. So it's like, it's just music. It's just ambient sounds and tracks and stuff that you don't, um, you don't even necessarily need to, uh, to, to say, hey, this is where it came from. Except for that one track I laid in at the end of the last episode that did have some, hey, you have to explain it where you got it from. So right. we put that in the show notes. So. And, and um, oh, yeah, we were talking we, about oh, fears, yeah, though. Ahead. Other people. I, I was going to get off fears. topic with Jesse-related stuff. <laughs> But we can get to that later. We'll maybe. come. Yeah, we'll come back to Jesse. Okay, excellent. Yeah, because we do want to. We do want to talk about him because he's an important part of our team. Mm -hmm. But I personally am not uh, not afraid of bees. Anyone who's ever been bitten by a horsefly will know it feels much much worse <laughs> than a bee. So were were I on Typhon, the fact that there are no bees on Typhon would give me no comfort because that means there still might be horseflies. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mine, I hate telling people because as soon as I do, they try to, like, freak me out with it. I really don't like cockroaches. And, like, not, like, as in What do you mean like, they instantly try to freak you out? They just carry them around. cockroach out? And... <laughs> Pocket cockroaches. No, they will... My brother-in-law likes to do this. And it literally... This is, like, a, like, full-on phobia. I can't watch Men in Black. I can't see them. Like, I've, like, scratched my skin and stuff like that from them. It's really bad. But he was talking about it, and so if I tell people that, then they like to talk about it. So please don't be a dick and try to <laughs> send yeah, me no. Google searches of cockroaches, because it really grosses me out. I am. Um, I work with. Well, last year I worked with a girl that um, her phobia was mascots, 
and literally like <laughs> to the point where if she like it if she saw just someone in a Halloween costume with their face covered, even if it was a child, she would just get up and leave. <laughs> wow. And I'm a teacher and so we have a mascot. <laughs> so she went to a pep rally and the mascot got too near and she just bolted wow. and it was hilarious. And I, I would send her pictures of I don't know if you've seen the Vanderbilt Commodore, but it is probably one of the creepiest looking mascots in the world. And so we'd send her pictures of the Vanderbilt Commodore. We would send her nice. pictures of um, Pennywise <laughs> from It. Just like, just trying oh. to fuck with Well, that's scary. Why would you do that? Because I'm an awful person. Um, I love it. the worst type of people. I am not afraid of bees. I'm not afraid of insects. I love spiders. Um, not a problem with snakes. My one creepy crawly that I do have issues with is it's it's the uh, the rodent kind. Oh, so yeah. rats and mice, uh, I, I I don't I don't like rats and mice. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Brittany had one when we were dating, but uh, just, I wasn't yeah. a fan. I stuck around though. I liked her enough. <laughs> I think the well, problem. If you stick around long enough, they're gonna die. They only live. Well, like she had years. a she had a dachshund, and they're kind of bred to kill rodents. <laughs> and the rat got out, and the dachshund Ooh. got it. So. I thought you meant you called the dachshund a rat, and you just didn't no, like the dachshund. No, no, the dachshund is a sweetheart, <laughs> which is not normal for that breed. <laughs> I just don't like I don't like rats because I've seen their skulls. Oh I think that's my big issue with them. Like, and I've seen I've seen how goddamn big their teeth are in comparison to the rest <laughs> of their skull. And I just like every time I see a rat, I just imagine those giant teeth yeah. just taking a chunk out of my Achilles. I think I'm right there with you. Oh, I don't like them. Oh, em. gross! Why would you say? I, uh, I, they never bothered I'm sorry, me. Sorry, that's another that fear. Freaks me out. That's why they didn't bother well, me until I was here. in junior high, and then they had rats that had babies because someone put them in the wrong cages, and I w They were like, "You can pet the babies," and I put my hand in, and I pull it back, and I'm bleeding everywhere because the rats were trying to, I guess, nurse off of my fingers and were like chomping down on them. So there was just like blood all over my hand. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So do I need shots now, or what's going on? Fuck rats. <laughs> You're you're the ones that are in, to blame for the bubonic plague, and so <laughs> fuck rats. All right, rats with the plague taking over Typhon. Oh, That's God. our next episode, guys. Uh, I will not record that. <laughs> I almost was not able the episode pressure. I'm super claustrophobic, and so I was almost not able to finish that episode when I was writing it. I was sitting there gagging. And finally, I had to send it off to Adam and be like, okay, just here it is. I can't, I don't think I can fix it anymore because it just, ugh. Yeah, I don't really have claustrophobia, but I definitely have um, agoraphobia to a degree where it's like if I have a bunch of people around me, I get real uncomfortable real fast. I need, I need elbow room. I'm Dennis Rodman in there. I'm swinging the elbows. <laughs> if I hit anybody in this, in this vicinity, it's too fucking close. All right. Okay. I think Nika's up. Next. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to go with one of John Dote's questions. Um, would you license or make a movie? Who would play the protagonist and who would voice Sayer? I really liked this question because I like playing this game with different things. Right. But I don't know who I would want to do Sayer. I feel like I want to say Gary Oldman because he has a really, like, good. He could be bad. He could be good. See, I would but, want Alan Rickman to voice Sayer. Mm, that is a good oh, fucking. Oh, that pick. would be good. That's a good. And pick. I would 
like as terrible of a movie as this would make, like old school James Bond video game or like Doom video, for some reason those are the only ones I could think of off the top of my head that have this, but like just arms. I just want you, I want you to be the protagonist. I want you to be Svengor and I want you to go around and I would want it filmed that way to where we would have to experience everything. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Jonah, because I, I have it? my I would answer say for this. If giant bags of money were sent to our houses, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course we would love oh, to see oh, yeah. movie. I, giant bags of money. Give me McDonald's Happy Meal, and I will <laughs> sign over the rights to it right now. But I don't, I'm not good at, like, keeping up on popular actors or people that are current or any of that stuff. So I'm like, I don't. No, like I, <laughs> I'm terrible at that. I'm like, I, I don't know. I mostly watch old movies and crappy movies, so I don't think I'd want any of those people in this. <laughs> I, t- I I 100% know who would be who would be who. Um, I it, I would sell it for seven dollars with mm-hmm. licensing rights, um, and the movie would star. Take note, bitters. The, the movie would star, um, in the role of Sayer. Mr. Tim Curry. Oh, oh. Man, I like it. I changed my yeah. answer to Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, Especially would, having just we, watched Congo. I'm like... <laughs> a genetic combination of Tim Curry and Alan Rickman. Because then I will die happy. <laughs> Tim and Curry Rick. And then in the Tim role Rickman. in the role of Svengor, um, it's a pretty easy guess for me. It, it would be Martin Freeman. Oh. What? Oh, yeah. No. yeah, I could see it. Like it. No, I'm going to veto that. I would veto that. Why one. would you veto Martin Freeman? Because I feel like Svengor needs to be like someone who's young. Like to me, Svengor is like 20s to 30s. He's coming to like start a new life kind of thing. Martin Freeman can play young. Uh, Absolutely. Styles hair. Not that Okay, young. it's a it's a movie. Anybody can play young. <laughs> Just CG them like Patrick yeah. Stewart in X Men Three. That didn't yeah. look weird, right? <laughs> and I mean this. This I guess this um, dovetails into a question that I don't think. Did you say Ducktales? We no. Ducktales. <laughs> it, it dovetails into a question. Yes, thank you. Thank you all. It dovetails into a question that I don't think we necessarily were going to answer. Um, but the reason that I think when I think of this, I think of. Uh, Martin Freeman is the same reason that um, he was chosen for uh, the, for Arthur Dent in um, Hitchhiker's Guide. It's because when there was a question that was, um, is the protagonist an everyman, you know, or did you envision a, a specific person in my own? I, I think he definitely is very much just kind of a, an everyman and the the bumbling everyman. You know, he 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 continued to survive despite making bad decisions to follow advice that otherwise he probably shouldn't have. Um, he just yeah. kind of fell ass backwards into continual survival until it stopped working out for him. When I, like, so I don't I, even know if the re- if everyone, I, like, cause I haven't discussed this with you guys yet, but like until we made it clear in episodes that Sven Gore was a man, like I never even wrote with a specific, this is a man who is this age, who is this you know, yeah. person like this background. Yeah, like I, did. I was purposely thinking it we, could be anybody. I really wanted to. I really wanted the the lead character to be female for the longest time, and then I realized that 
I didn't even realize this until after Ashley pointed it out to me that I had done vo- like vocal samples for the character right. um, getting hit or um, during the the pressure episode and stuff like that. And so it kind of it kind of yeah wrote us out of the ability to do time that. Where we were like, you yeah, you had messaged me and you were like, so what do you think the resident's name is? It could be a girl, right? I'm like. You voice the yeah. resident. How can you say that? And I think the yeah. like even you know like we didn't even specify you know a, a, like a race of a person and except that I think we mentioned pale skin at one point like that was getting flushed and I'm like oh we blew it we actually we actually described Sven Gore slightly. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, and the thing be, is, is to like, be fail, you can use pale medically. That's true. That's true. I, mean, I didn't think of that. The only other thing we know about him physically is that he's very broad-shouldered because it was hard for him to fit through that initial hallway. That, in that hit close to home. I'm just saying I have a really hard time buying shirts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, I'm just just an off-topic question, just for us internally. Who's quite who's who's got the red asterisk on things? Is that Nika? Me, is that you? Me. I do. Okay, let's. Why don't you ask the question? like the last question that you have Ariel's question because I think this is perfect for this time like this is the same type of thing we're talking about right now oh yeah Um, so Ariel writes while listening do you intend for us to imagine ourselves as the person Sayer is talking to or an outside observer so I don't know about you guys but I think part of the reason that we try to avoid um, giving a gender or racial identity at all to, to Svengor for the longest time is that we wanted them to be able to be um, something that the listener could identify with and put themselves in that position. Yeah, I agree. That's how I was writing it too. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted the listener to feel like they were the one being spoken to, which has actually made it a lot harder to write some of the story stuff we've been doing. Once we got into the arc, that got a lot harder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, well, we really needed to nail down the character once we got to that point because it was no longer about um, a reactive situation. I mean, at that point, um, Svingor started making some actual decisions and in interacting with people in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to kind of nail down who that character was. Uh, but before that, we were trying to make it just kind of like a Gordon Freeman situation. Yeah, we... We want you to root for Sven, but you also need to be him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think an episode that uh, did a good job of putting you in that place was the first one where Sven was having to test things on himself with injecting science. That one was for sure like a good example of like what we were going for of putting you in the position of Sven because you... Sayer's telling you, like, now you have to do this thing, and then the episode is implying that he's hesitating, or, like, what you would probably have been thinking at the time. Like, I'm not going to do that, but then it becomes, like, a necessity. Like, he has to do it. Well, and you hear you hear things that otherwise, like, a casual observer wouldn't experience. Um, there's the heartbeat, there's um, ragged breathing mm-hmm. in that one. Um, that was the first one. That was the first one where we really started getting, or I really started getting... Um, into foleying as much as possible and just like foleying just interacting with the environment like picking up syringes picking up um 
um, injections and stuff like that, and just kind of trying to add that extra level of, of putting you into that position. It's kind of the the intent that we've been we've been running under. It's like we want to put the listener into the shoes of somebody that's that's kind of living this. I mean, you know, the the residents receive this this signal through their through through an implant in their brain, so they're the only ones that are hearing this. And so, if you're hearing this, then then logic would deduce that that's because you're in this person's body at the time. Right. You know. And uh, one thing while you're on that subject that does uh, tie into that real quick uh, Ariel asked this um, when writing the scripts do you put thought into the extra effects that'll be added in in editing and yeah a lot of times we will just scribble in stuff like elevator ding heavy breathing make his heart beat and then Adam will throw in stuff on his own <laughs> yeah um, you do that more well. than anybody else Ashley I don't I don't get a Sorry. lot of I don't get a lot of side notes of uh, static here from anybody else it's generally Ash <laughs> which is great no it's useful yeah. because it's like okay I know what I know what she was thinking at this point, and it helps me to kind of build, um, kind of, kind of build that that feeling. Like on mine, I try anytime I leave side notes. I always try to do it like, if I really want something emphasized or something like that. Like I try not to. I let you. Do yeah. The no. Well. Stuff. Nika's Nika's. Uh, whenever Nika makes side notes, it's yeah. It's less about like alarm bells go off here or foley stuff. It's more about like what she wants the feeling of the voice to be like he's getting upset even though he can't or he's yeah. you know just just it's all it's all emotive stuff which is it's really tough to hit when you're dealing with a a, a fake character you know an ai character um but there's obviously been a lot of situations where we've been able to um create some semblance of like anthropomorphic emotion out of sayer um, you know, he, he does have emotions despite the fact that there are certain emotions he's not programmed to feel. And uh, that is... Sorry, Ariel, I guess we're going to answer all your questions. We're going to answer all Ariel questions. Right into it. <laughs> Except the last one. Ariel asked the most important question that we're going to reveal some really big stuff about the comic in this uh, Q&A. Mm, yes. And she asked a great question. We'll hold that off till the end. Who are the blue stars? Those are me. I can go ahead and ask this. Oh, one. okay. So you did select that question. I if did because I go right into I that. thought this yeah. was a great question. Um, there are moments when Sarah is talking and his voice changes. Is that a sign that he's uh, unstable or something, or is just some sweet effects? It's a pretty sweet effect, regardless. Um, yeah. So Ash is Ash is dead on with this. This this talks exactly about what I was just talking about is that, you know, we've got a character that is an AI and the only way that I've seen fit to, to make him emote is through um, some of these effects. And so um, you'll notice that there's a handful of effects that I use. There's a chorus effect, an echo effect, there's a reverb effect, and then there's pitch dropping. I never raise the pitch of his voice, but um, I drop the pitch of his voice. Oh God, I'm just yeah, imagining that. Would that would really be amazing. Weird. It'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I dropped Hamster the pitch. Sayer. I've dropped the pitch of his voice, and it's an amplifier. It's almost as if, like, um, you know, there are some situations where he was very fucking serious in the last episode, and in those situations, I dropped that thing four pitches, which is something I've, I I only did in episode six when he was really angry. Um, so he has some ability to, to emote, um, and you can catch that based upon where what I'm doing with those effects. Um, 
So whenever I do um, the echo effect, it's just something that you would stress with your voice. I can't enunciate in stress the way I would I would normally do um, because he's an AI. Um, so when you're talking in a, in a fairly monotone fashion, a lot of that has to be handled through the effects that we the, that we add to his voice. So things like the echo in the chorus and stuff like that is just, hey, I feel this is important. Things that are dropped, anytime I drop the pitch, it's either meant to be menacing or it's meant to be, um, you better fucking listen to me. So whenever Sayer's pitch drops out and it, his voice lowers, and he, sometimes it's it's not really noticeable because it only lower like a one step or, or even a half, one and a half steps. It's not hugely noticeable. But if it drops significantly like four steps or something, that means it's this very serious situation. Shit just got real. Yeah. And honestly, that's the, that's the biggest part of um, the editing process for me is doing all of those edits um because after i record the episode you know it'll take me you know our episodes are 20 some minutes long um it'll take me maybe i don't know probably probably close to it right around an hour to record um because i do multiple takes of it and then um after we've recorded it then I'll go through and I'll the first thing I'll do is I'll I'll just listen through it piece by piece, cut out bad takes, um, cut out my breath, and um, start actually going through and modulating the pitch and um, adding the echoes and stuff like that. So the first time I listen through it, it's adding effects. So all of those effects I have to hand add wherever I feel that there needs to be emphasis. And when we originally started writing. The first script I wrote, I tried to actually add those pieces of emphasis in through like, uh, you know, like we write everything in Google Drive, and so I would I would put that stuff in Google Drive, and then I would highlight the areas where I felt okay. A blue highlight is going to be an echo effect. A red highlight is a pitch drop and stuff like that. But eventually, I found that that was just way too much work to do it on the front end because I wasn't going back and listening, or I wasn't looking at the at the script that we had written when I was editing. I was just listening to it and doing it where it felt right. Um, so. We would, we would, you know, we'll go through all that stuff and we'll pitch shift and, and, and add all the effects in um, after listening to it. But every one of those effects is there for a reason. It's, it's, it's emphasis. It's the only way that, that that character is allowed to really emote. This is where you guys say things. I, I agree. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I think that's definitely really evolved. I mean, going back and listening to our first episode compared to... And especially, the, I think the transition to audition helped, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's much. It Sayer definitely is capable of, I would say, more emoting now than he was when we first started, or at least maybe, maybe now we know he emotes more than uh, what we used to give him. Well, and audition, audition has really opened. Yeah, and first of all, before we talk too much about audition, I want to just say thank you so very much. Thank you. Every so much. one of our yes. patrons. You're the coolest. Because the guys, you guys supported us on Patreon, and that's the whole reason we're able to do what we're doing. I mean, the fact that we're able to record an audition, uh, the fact that we're able to save, like, that we're able to save these effects as favorites, and I could just, I can just hotkey it instead of having to actually go through and do some like really time-consuming edits every time I want to change anything. Like, you guys have cut my 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 editing time in half just by the fact that you guys are supporting us for auditions. So thank you so much for that. And, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna stop thanking you guys right now because I'm going to thank you guys a bunch more when we start talking about the comic later. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man. I can't, I can't tell you how excited 
I was when we when all we all we did was clear that that audition level because it's big for that's us. opened up. That yeah. was incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, being able to, to to do all that stuff in audition has definitely made it a lot easier to make those changes. And it, we've gotten rid of a few different. I mean, if you listen to the first few episodes, it sounds a little different. There's a lot more echo, um, like just kind of a bouncing echo that just kind of goes on and on and on and on and then cuts off. And now it's more of a tight kind of mechanical echo, which I think fits the character better. Um, but you're right. I think it's evolved a lot since um, we switched to audition. Yeah. And that's all thanks to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think, uh, did we skip Nika or no, you did all your aerial questions in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're back around to Ash because I did one on, all right. Yeah. I did one on the effects. So, okay. Hang on one sec guys. I'm going to (laughs) sneeze. Mute is the best. Mute is the best thing. (laughs) But I'm muting it. Hopefully that's not coming through. No. Okay, so this is uh, again from our friend John, Main Moose Tracks, and he asks, have there been, and I'm curious about this answer too, because I, you know, haven't gone through all of your scripts necessarily as closely, and uh, has there ever been a storyline that you've shelved as far too out there? (laughs) Um, And I can only think of one in in my case that Adam's gone. No, that's just no. Like I can think of one circumstance. I've I've told that I've told you no twice. I think. When? Well, you tell the one, and I'll tell the other one. There was the only one circumstance I could think of where Adam was like, "Nope, that crossed the line into too ridiculous." Was uh, there was another character in episode twelve named Doctor Thompson. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that, that was literally that just scrapped. in there. He was literally just in there so you could mention Canada. <laughs> okay, but I had mentioned Canada and then was going to mention a professor, not professor, a doctor, uh, because I had mentioned them in tandem because one lived in the Pacific Northwest and that was Doctor Abraham, and then we had Doctor Thompson, who's a specialist in Canada, which was shameless. And, uh, and it that... was only a, it was only to mention it was only to mention Dean, who I don't even think listens to our fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> so that is literally he what does. I said. That's literally what I said to you. I was like, I cut Dean yeah. because it was that shameless. The one, the one time where Adam has, that I can think of, that Adam has gone no, just no. Well, so what's the other time? The other I can't time was whenever you. The other time was your first episode, which was really layered with your own inside jokes. Like there was a lot of inside baseball. Which going one? In. You're very. Don't stop running. Every section of that. Oh, when it was originally 65 Days of Static. Yeah, that was a dumb mechanic that I tried to, like, include a bunch of references. And I definitely don't do that anymore because that... I would try to include the... Yeah, it was layered with references to songs that I hoped that one day people get. And, like, looking back now, I realize that that was a very dumb mechanic to try. It was... Yeah, well, I mean, well... to. To explain it a little bit, um, 65 Days of Static is a, a group that I think inspired a lot of what you wrote when you first started writing. Yeah, definitely. Stuff. And um, I added and a lot of them. it is still something that I listen to. And I added a lot but... of their stuff to the Spotify playlist. And I actually, I listen to that that playlist, and so their stuff will come on when I'm I'm writing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, it was literally like every third word was it was a way it was to not wedge every in. third word, but I did manage to include a shit ton of references. It was it was at least <laughs> there was at least fifteen song titles in that script. Yeah, and some of them were really like I look back on that original script. I'm like, fuck, what was I thinking? Like yeah. that was bad. So I cut a lot so. of those, but that was the only other time I can remember where we did any of that stuff. I don't yeah. know. Everybody but else, yeah. let's so hear are... your thoughts. Anything you've thought and then said, no, that's too fucking out there. Let's reel it in. Uh, I think, I don't no. think, nothing like that Go was ahead. a full episode. Maybe some bits that maybe got too goofy. But I so far we've been in such a crunch for time. I've kind of just bit the bullet and refined my drafts until they're to a point where I'm not embarrassed to send them to you. <laughs> there there was a couple things in the before we started the show proper you had us each right um just like with the basic idea of what you were going for the show like a very like mini scene basically just to see if yeah what we would write what kind it was of like a few hundred would, few hundred words yeah to see if what it you would fit. do and there yeah. was some stuff in there that i liked i i reread it more recently and i was just like wow I, at least I got the job, I guess. I don't know how, but I did. But <laughs> there was a few things in there that I liked that I was going to incorporate later that um, we've since completely changed. Like, there was originally a scene where someone saw something on the surface, and now we've specifically said there were no outward-facing windows. There, nope, nope, nope. Inside so. baseball, I think. Maybe we don't <laughs> want to talk about that. So, um, well, I mean, from what we've specifically said in the episode, there was... They, Sayer specifically mm -hmm. says there's no outside facing windows to Sven. Yes. And it was going to be Sven seeing something that. So uh, now I yeah, can't right. reference. I can't approach that idea in the same way. So I've just completely like said, okay, let's move on from that. You know, sometimes you just got an idea that you think is so cool. And then you just got to like flush it in the toilet and move on. <laughs> it just doesn't fit anywhere anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you do have to let go of ideas like there was I can't remember what I wanted to do but I kept trying to wedge it in somewhere and it was not working and I ended up taking the the thing in a whole different direction but sometimes you will try and cling to an idea and make it work for hours and it just does not happen yeah. so you have to be ready to let go of ideas yeah there was an idea Nika? that I had had oh did you just say Nika like Nika needs to talk now well, Nika hasn't spoken, so yeah. yeah she was she, she was shrugging her shoulders and saying no, so I didn't. No, I can <laughs> like I don't feel like I've had any ideas that I've necessarily shot down for myself, but I feel like mine is I have to try really hard to not make it, and I think this is maybe why it comes off so cheery, to not make it super dark because I like to do the ones that are very much like you are going to die. You are going to have terrible, terrible things. But I don't think it comes off in a way that's like not as light. I don't know how to explain it. But like, I really like the ones where Svengor almost dies. Or ones that I've like, done where he almost dies. But then I don't want to make all of the ones like that. So I guess that's kind of my dilemma with writing yeah it's a tightrope whereas it's like if you consistently put if you put the, the the main character in mortal peril every episode like it it loses its luster because people are like well he's yeah. how's he gonna get out of it this week right 
I mean, that was a fucking Simpsons episode. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole idea initially with the break room episode. Was like we had been at that point building and building and building, and things had just been getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to top the craziness of what's just happened. So, what if I pull? Like, what if it's like a rock show, and you, you you know, it's like let's bring the room down a little bit and and kind (laughs) of mellow things out again. And And then we actually that was actually like my whole big thing going into (laughs) that episode. It's like, how can I bring the room down a little bit? And then the whole killer plant Mm -hmm. thing kind of just weaselled its way into that script, you know, as I was writing it. That's what I love about your episodes is that I feel like you have a very good mix of like these little lighthearted moments, but then a lot of dark stuff as well. Well, thank you. I really like. Yeah, that. I f- you blushing. definitely have mastered the <laughs> the like lighthearted stuff. I have had to go back and look at some of your scripts because I've been like, okay, I want to throw something like, how did he do that? Like, how yeah. can I make that like? <laughs> happy and funny and put that in here how is that going to happen well and, and i think i think the breakaway of the alerts is always the way that we can like th- that we've internally that tried to do way that to lighten the mood because it's like that is something that is not being broadcast to one resident that's bro- that's being broadcast to every resident so no matter what that, I, I just love the the dichotomy there of no matter what fucked up thing is happening in this person's life everyone else is getting this broadcast everyone's got to know it's falafel night yeah. <laughs> right. It is. It's falafel night. And you can be in a trampoline league. Um, oh I haven't. I was dying I, with that, by the way. <laughs> I haven't had, like, a lot of ideas that I haven't done. Um, I was kind of bummed that I wasn't able to do. Um, I wasn't able to kill Svengor in the way that I wanted to kill Svengor. I was surprised. Like, from the, that was you were so be happy. A cool you were thing. so happy about how you were going to kill him. And then yeah, it and at this point, we're not going to do it because because it. Uh, we it, might do something with a different character, though. I wouldn't. Do you no, want to spill those beans? I'm going to spill the beans oh, because no. it would be a it. No, it would be a bum mechanic to do if it wasn't a character that we were carrying True. significantly. Um, mm-hmm. So the original way that Svengor was going to die is I I had thought up in the in the beginning was that. Um, uh, it was all about the concept of teleportation, and once we actually got into like mental projection, projection, and calling that a form of teleportation, it really kind of uh, confused the point to the port to the port that like I didn't know that if we could really work with I'm it sorry. this way. That was my bad. But it, I mean, it ended up working. It ended up we ended up getting a lot of 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 ground out of that and doing some things that we would not have otherwise been able to do. Um, but. The plan was that he was going to be um, testing um, teleportation. And so he was going to be testing a teleporter. And the teleporter uh, was supposed to disassemble a person. Uh, it, was, it was working like a Star Trek teleporter would, where it disassembles somebody and reassembles them on the other, lo- other end. Um, the thing that you never really think about when you think about um, like a, a disassembling, reassembling teleporter is how consciousness is, is transported from one to another. Um, because you would think that that operates on a different way than just the cellular basis like who you are is not just the cells that make up your body so uh in 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 kind of a um a weird way if you disassemble yourself and then reassemble yourself cell by cell are you still there um so what we were going to have him do is test um test a teleporter and the teleporter was going to start up and he was uh sayer was going to kind of walk him through and he was going to start teleporting and then the episode would just cut out and it would be dead air for like the next ten minutes, um, because yeah, he died, uh, and he was rebuilt on the other side, but it wasn't him anymore. Um, so that was the plan. 
of how we were originally going to kill him off. And it, everybody would have hated me so much because I would have had a 25-minute 20 episode or something. And it would have been like 12 minutes of actual episode and then like another 10 minutes of just blank nothing. And then Nika telling us uh, where they can find yeah. our Twitter account. That's my fear. There you go. That's that's what I'm afraid of. It's Star Trek teleporters. Yeah. Old Old Man's <laughs> War. Up. If you've ever read Old Man's War, which is uh, by John Scalzi, he has a. I don't want to spoil it because it kind of has a big lead up in the book, but he has a very similar thing that happens in that book that also just freaked me right out reading <laughs> reading those scenes. But uh, yeah, I I kind of felt bad. Like I felt like you know writing the mental teleportation i was hoping that we could kind of use that as a stepping stone but i think how things panned out worked out i mean like i didn't see it coming until i, <laughs> I was actually getting to hear the episode so it worked out really well no i think all all told if we had done it the way that i had originally thought we wouldn't have been able to go to the other tower um we wouldn't have been able to to interact with anna through kind of that astral projection or mental projection thing um, which would have been a huge loss um, because we were able to, to, to build more backstory for that character. Um, I think really kind of build more to the world that we've got there um, because Argos Tower is, I know Ashley's like favorite thing in the world right now. Argos Tower, just wait. Yeah. All right. It is my favorite new thing. <laughs> so um, what else do we got? Whose question turn I guess is it? it's me. I do believe it's Jonah. All right. Um, just trying to scroll back up to the top. I think we've hit a lot of the points. Um, but kind of going along with what we've been talking about, um, Zombie Slag, our good pal, Rob Weeks. Um, these kind of go hand in hand, the first two on this list here. Um, will there be more yeah. standalones like his favorite episode, episode six? And hey, um, I love that episode myself. And then after, yeah, after the <laughs> most recent episode, will the overarching storyline continue? Those kind of go hand in hand, and I, I think I think we've touched on this so already, but we kind of didn't intend for the storyline originally to be so connected between episodes. So Sven dying is actually to our benefit as the writers <laughs> that we can kind of take things in different directions now and not have to stick to one character if we don't want to. Like we we have a little more freedom to bounce around from from resident to resident at this point. Yeah, Ash had mentioned earlier that that when I was like I was sending um like fervent messages in in Google Talk about like okay, I think he's going to die here. Yeah. All right, yeah, he's definitely going to die. <laughs> and then like Ashley was I'll go just back like and screen cap that if I can find it. Ashley was just so fucking thrilled. Like she was so excited because she was Guys, I was so ready to kill Sven. So I love him, but I was so ready to kill him. That was, she, like, even while we were recording Dreadful Thoughts, and she was like, guys, guys. Or no, that was right whenever the episode dropped. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it, really it, and she was, um, She, I think she was so excited because she, like, I mean, Joan is absolutely right. It, it frees us up for kind of more what we were, we, what we were going for, which was, you know, it feels like, I mean, to me, it feels like we've kind of been operating with, um, it's gonna sound it's gonna sound jerky, but it, it feels like we've kind of been operating with um, training wheels. training wheels on. Yeah, for the past twelve episodes, we've been um, we we we've, we've kept this same character, with the exception of that one one 
uh, standalone episode just because it's easy I feel it's it's been easier to follow and it's easier for for people to to kind of digest um, but we're we've got a we've got a whole we got a whole world there I mean it's it's smaller than earth it's a moon but I mean we've got a whole a whole little world there and we've got um, you know satellites flying around that thing and you know who knows there's there's shit happening on earth and you know there's a lot of stuff that that needs to be told about that world and it can't all be seen by this one guy um, so it was kind of a it's kind of a watershed moment I think for all of us to be able to to pull the trigger on on Svengor because because we want to be able to, to free ourselves up to tell some of these one-off stories and, um, and and go in different directions that we couldn't when we were kind of bound to this one character yeah, it, this world is so much bigger than Svengor, and I don't think it was until I was writing episode 12 that I got to the point where I was like, man, now I have really, like, I once we started to get, like, episode 10, 11, 12, I suddenly realized that there were so many other places I wanted to go, and we were still stuck with Sven. And uh, so that's why when I had written the episode, um, I had included the blood thinner, because I wanted, because when he skinned his abdomen, I wanted him to just bleed out on that chair or bleed out in the next episode or die very soon. And then Adam just went and killed him off for me. So well, it was great. And it was funny. Um, when I originally realized that he was going to die, um, it was very sudden. It was just gunshots and done. And then I was like, we've, but we've done that. Like, we've done the sudden stab, you're dead like cliffhanger that's what happened in the break room episode i'm like people are gonna think that we're just like okay well he's gonna come back next episode <clears throat> and they're gonna be sitting there for two weeks and then they're gonna realize oh okay they've gone in a different direction well maybe he'll come back in the next episode and then they'll wait two more weeks and so i really wanted to give some level of um finality to it uh so that's why once it started getting stressful i went back to kind of what we had done in nika's uh, science episode and layered in started layering in the heartbeat for that scary situation and then um when we you know when the gunshots happened we had this heartbeat already so we could hear it kind of uh slow down and that was such a magnificent touch and well it was because you had mentioned like are you gonna have him bleed out like please tell me he's gonna bleed out and i'm like uh, i don't know if there's any really way to make this work but then i'm like okay if we do this like we can hear him take his last breaths we can hear his heart stop beating you like, don't want to just have there's say, fucking oh God, finality. I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I've got so much blood on your floor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I, I think that's that was, it was cathartic to all of us. I feel. I mean, I may be speaking for everybody else to to be able to hear that to 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 put some level of finality on it, and so that we can move forward without really having the specter of okay, well, what are you going to do with him next? Are you going to bring him back here or there? Or anything like that. Because, I mean, there's no character there. I mean, he became something, I think, over the course of the last handful of episodes. Um, something very malleable. And I think that that's, if anything, the message I, I feel that over the course of the last handful of episodes that we've tried to kind of put out there is that, um, you know, being so malleable and so um, influent, so, so able to be influenced um, can, can be a very dangerous thing in this world. Um, not ours in particular, though it is. But uh, in the world of Typhon, it's very dangerous to to not think for yourself, I guess. So, yeah, and it's it also gives us opportunity to um, jump around to people who have been there a little bit longer and see how they interact with Sayer or people that are 
Because, like, the, the whole point with Sven was, like, it was a good starting point for the audience because he was such a blank slate. Like, he has total amnesia. Like, he can, he does nothing. He doesn't even know his name or where he came from. Nothing. But now we can move forward and introduce characters that actually have a little bit of a backstory themselves. Um, and I've, and, I've and been toying with nice. the idea. I don't, know nece- I don't know necessarily if we'll do it this way, but I've been toying with the idea of the fact that, like, you know, Sven never communicated with say with Sayer. It was a one it was a one directional street. Right. So I don't know if in the future we'll we'll toy with that at all. Um, but you know it's it's a possibility now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and that was the thing. Another thing with Sven is you brought up you know people who are higher up in there. I mean, we made we ended up graduating Sven to tier two, but that is so still oh, yeah. scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel at Aerolith, and there would have been no other way for us to show you what goes on at yeah. the higher levels, what goes on in the mid-levels, what goes on in maintenance. Yeah, we even I mean, mentioned... those are all very, very different things, and we would never have had the chance to tell you that aside from cursory right. references. Yeah, we even mentioned, like tier three then sayer kind of stops himself and says well we can't talk about that unless you get there so it's like even one tier higher sven is so low on the totem pole he's not even allowed to know like the guys directly above him like what their job is yeah (laughs) yeah so uh does that bring us to nika again adam you're muted oh i thought i had unmuted myself but I muted myself when I unmuted myself, so that's crazy. Um, let me see what else I have. Uh, okay, let's see. I have, will the integration of non-Sayer AIs, other, uh, the others on Halcyon mentioned earlier in the series, come into the storyline? And this is from Rob Weeks. Um, so... <laughs> Little, I guess we can talk a little bit about. Um, you guys have kind of come up with a name for for what's happened over the course of the last handful of episodes. I think you guys are, uh, at least in the in the forums and in the questions we've received, have started calling it Mind Sayer, like it's a different Sayer. No, uh, no, I don't think that's what this question is talking about at all. This one is talking about like the elevators and I, because yeah. in our early like, early episodes, Sayer talks about other AIs that Aerolith operates that are in Halcyon Tower. So this isn't the hack. This is uh, the other AIs that are functioning Aerolith registered AIs. Okay. Um, so that that was the point I was going to try to get across was that we, we kind of have an internal uh, name for it too and that's that we, we call it the hack and that's what we've kind of talked about when we talk about the, the overarching storyline that we've had over the course of the last handful of episodes. Um, whether or not that's another AI or not is, I guess, something we're not really willing to talk about at this point. Um, but uh, one of the things that we've talked about, at, I guess, ad infinitum between between ourselves internally is whether or not we would have any other um, in any other Aerolith AIs communicating with the resident. Um, and I think kind of what we ran into is is that none of them would be equipped to do so. Like the the elevators are AIs, but they're not AIs that are equipped to transmit in a way that the the, the residents of of Halcyon would receive. And so, currently, all we have is just Sayer. Sayer's the one AI that's equipped to um, communicate with residents. So that's the reason you only hear from Sayer is because that's that's his job is to say things to residents. And that's I mean, Aerolith sunk 
most of its resources into designing one AI that could do all of that instead. I mean, there's no reason for them to have more than one that can communicate in that way because it's just doubling up unnecessarily. Yeah. I like but with that idea. being said, the others can communicate, just not necessarily in the same way that Sayer can. Yeah. I, say, I like the idea that maybe in different towers it's still Sayer, but they have a different tone or a different way with communicating or something like that. But Yeah. Anyways. Well, and I think that... Um, I think that the... I mean, obviously, we saw a little bit over the course of some of the some of the episodes that we've done so far that, that the elevators in particular can communicate. They just don't communicate with the residents. So every all the other AIs can communicate with Sayer, and um, he kind of gives his impression of them from there. But uh, as far as hearing them on the show, it's not really come up because... Nothing's really been equipped to do that. I'm trying to mute myself because my child has decided to wake up and start screaming. Oh. I thought someone was playing the tambourine. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, also, I, I have a dog collar. No, I also have a puppy over here that has decided to play the tambourine. Okay. Is that Arya? It is Arya. Hi, Arya. Um, okay, so does that bring it back around to me or is that you, Adam? Your turn. Um, I don't know because out of sheer... Sheer circumstance, I accidentally um, closed the Google Doc. Are there any so in the it, chat? Um, I, I don't I have, have the chat one of open because I didn't want to crash this. There haven't been any. There haven't been, been any aside from one about a dishwasher, but we have yeah. autoclaves on Typhon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a blue. You were blue, Adam, right? I was blue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. There was Your one next question, question. There was one question from Rob Weeks that was about Geekly Inc., that's yeah, what benefits <laughs> slash challenges has become a part of the Geekly Inc. network brought for I Am Sayer? Um, so when I came up with the idea for the podcast, um, I I mean, this was after years of just kind of doing my own, doing my own independent podcasting stuff. And so I spent four years doing my own podcast that took a lot of my spare time. And the entire reason that I quit doing the podcast that I was doing uh, over that time was that you know, I had, a, I had a new kid, and I didn't have the time um, to spend all hours of the night editing podcasts and, and um, you know, posting and, and, and monitoring and all that kind of stuff that require, that's required when you do a podcast. So um, when I came up with the idea for Sayer, um, there was some real value in kind of a no-lose scenario of, Hey, I've got this idea for this for this twenty minute show. It's every other week. It gives you know it's not a huge drain on my on my time, um, but it's also uh, kind of walking into a, a situation where if it doesn't work out or if I I don't feel after a handful of shows that it's really worthwhile that I didn't um, spend money and time and energy and effort um, setting up its own website and uh, setting up hosting and trying to. Um, you know, market it and all this kind of stuff that it, it's required to, to be able to kind of get something running. So the big benefit for, um, for, for doing it with, with the guys at, at Geekly was that, you know, we walked into an instant, um, to an instant community, to an instant listenership, um, which has been amazing, you know, um, just the stuff that we've been able to do over the course of um, the last handful of months is entirely because We've got a community of people that support us um, so vigorously. Um, so that's been the biggest benefit. Um, I can't say there's really been any drawbacks um, 
you know, they, they host our shows. Uh, we're able to post stuff. They support us, um, you know, when we have things that we need. Uh, you know, we're always kind of dipping into each other's pockets, you know, being able to uh, work with the, the people over at uh, Cthulhu and Friends to know that there are, there are um, you know, a bunch of people out there that if we need extra voices for something, like we've got people that we can rely on to say, okay, you would be awesome at this. Just do this for us for just spit these two lines out at us and, and let us know uh, when you can get us back to us. Like being able to be in touch with people that are both the creative minds that we're working like side by side with and just being able to kind of have that that instant welcoming community behind us was um, made it like the best choice we could have made, I guess. I mean, I, I can't think of any drawbacks that or anything that we like didn't expect going into the Geekly community, just because we've been a part of the Geekly community. All of us had pretty much prior to this had some sort of association with Geekly. So it was like, you know, being the bastard child and then finally getting to <laughs> wear your biased. father's name. We were no longer <laughs> Sayer Snow. We were Sayer Geekly. <laughs> well, it's 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 actually funny because uh, I had to kind of pitch them on the concept of becoming um, becoming a collective type thing because originally once uh, like before we joined it was it was ran like they had the random encounters feed they had the drunks and dragons feed and they had cast of thrones and it's like. Drunks and Dragons was just kind of like something they did that was offshot. That was an offshot of these people that did this Cast of Thrones thing, and then Random Encounters was just an offshoot of that. That was just stuff that like wouldn't fit in the normal Drunks and Dragons feed. Um, so once we kind of came up with this idea, I pitched them on the idea of like, "Hey, let's let's do this," and and maybe I don't know where you guys are going with this in the future, but if you're looking to try to start to build some sort of um, a podcasting collective, which I think anybody that's done podcasts enough know that uh, if you're independent and you're doing a podcast, uh, working in a group, um, working with like-minded individuals, you know, podcasting is not a, it, it's not a competition. Everybody um, kind of can, can support one another, um, especially if you're independent. The only, you know, you're not fighting over listeners. There's so many listeners out there that listen to so many podcasts every week um, that the more you guys can, that, that anybody that's an independent podcaster can work together with, with like-minded people, um, the more benefit you find out of it. Um, so when we, when we came up with the idea, I kind of pitched them on it, hoping that they were looking at that, looking at kind of doing something more in the maximum fun type direction where it's like, you know, let's aggregate a bunch of, of really good shows together under this one umbrella and then we can support each other and we can share listenership and, and like all of it's just kind of this um, stamp of approval of, um, you know, this is all good stuff that, that people that are interested in role-playing games and sci-fi and, and, and all that and fantasy and all that kind of stuff can appreciate all together. Um, and so I, I can't, I can't imagine, uh, or I couldn't imagine at the time it working out as well as it has for us. So, yeah, having built oh, a man. site and an audience, a small audience, um, from the ground up with a gaming blog and a comic, this was so awesome. I was so happy when you told me that you had been given positive feedback and that they were, you know, interested in the show because, um, it's just so cool to actually get to come in 
to something that already that not only is already established, but is something you're already a fan of, and become a part like a part of a bigger right. picture. Um, and working with people that are so cool and are like giving you feedback on what you're working on in a positive way is just like it's huge. I mean, like it's a huge motivator for making the show the best it can be. I mean, it's a huge motivator to make sure we're getting it out on time. You know, it's like, like the the last one I wrote, I was like struggling to get it out. And I just felt, I was like crushed under the weight of the guilt of like, oh my God, if I don't get this done, you're not going to be able to record it in time and edit it in time. And that's going to be like horrible for the people that are listening and the other people on Geekly. It's just like, it's a huge motivator. I don't mean that to sound like a negative. It's actually a positive because if you've no, known any great. people that write, um, even semi-professionally, lighting fires under their and ass you know is, yeah, is very yeah. important like there's a reason why i've only finished and self-published one short story so far onto amazon it's like mm -hmm. because finishing them and getting them out when i'm only doing it for myself with all my other obligations is not an easy task you know but when i'm working no but once you work for a company right. quote unquote and you make it a job quote unquote then it's it's it helps yeah. a lot and uh i don't mean to cut off this vein but i do know that your kids need it to go to bed true. soon and nika has to go to bed <laughs> soon so did we want to um adam i don't know how late you could be up but i've got all night so if we want to go after but do we want to talk about the comic I wanna, now in yeah case i was gonna say to i want to be here for that because i i might okay. i might have a thing or two yeah. to say about the comic <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So um, go ahead and I don't, again, I, I still don't have that drive up in front of me anymore. So let's. I got it open. Go ahead and ask Ariel's question. All right. Um, Ariel asking some good questions. If the comic happens, will it focus on just Sayer or another resident? Okay. Um, so the comic, we're, I mean, we're hoping it's going to happen. Um, we're, we're past the threshold where we need to make it happen, but. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. Patreon isn't really set up to, to fund something of the size of this comic. Um, it, it's an expensive endeavor, even though the, the artists that we're working with have been amazing at cutting us, like, an insane it's deal. Crazy. To be yeah. able to... It's crazy. We can't talk I mean, specifics, but if you saw them, you'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, we cannot get into specifics like that, but... But my the, the, the point is, is that... Um, creating the comic is going to be an expensive endeavor. Um, and right now it looks like, um, you know, where we're at right now, if we may, are able to maintain this for the next handful of months, um, then the, then we'll be able to do it. Um, so hopefully we're able to put it out. Now, if we are able to put it out, we kind of have already got um, the overview. We've got our, we've got our outline in place. And um, I can tell you a couple of things. I can tell you um, first and foremost that it will um, follow a resident. Um, it, obviously, Sayer will be involved in it because it's uh, it would be kind of stupid to um, to create a comic and then not put Sayer in it in some way, shape, or form. Um, it is um, going to be a prequel. I don't know if we've talked too much about that or not, um, but it's intended to to kind of um, happen before um, even episode one happened. Um, so it's gonna it's it's gonna tell s kind of the travels to Typhon for a, for a specific resident, um, and I can also it's probably giving away too much, but I can also say that it is gonna follow somebody that we have heard on about on the show before. So excellent. There's have we that. talked about how this came about yep. at all, or do we want to get into the that? comic in general? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. So, like, because I used to do comics, I was like, you know what would be cool? A comic. And you were like, you know what? I think you're right. So I know a lot of artists from the comicking days. Um, there's a, a, a guy named Colin Panetta, who um, he and I go back pretty far to when both of us were kind of first getting into webcomic stuff. And he does a lot of dark, creepy, like, he, he was doing a comic that has some very interesting monster designs like that you don't really see elsewhere and i thought his art would be perfect for a sayer comic so i approached him about it and uh he really liked the idea but because now he actually has a day job and still does his own comics he said my time is really limited right now you know i'm like trying to get my own stuff out and i'm like yeah that's totally understandable but then he's like but you know, I know Jim Lawson, so like maybe we could talk to him about it. <laughs> and if you if you're not Does familiar, Jim Lawson did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics for how many years? Like a lot of years, most twenty of, years, twenty yeah. years, most of the comics. all the Mirage, yeah, the Mirage years, like yeah, the, the stuff Mirage that I grew up years. reading. Yeah. That was that was the Jim and, Lawson stuff. And that's the thing is like when you originally said, um, you know, okay, well this might this might work out. I've got a buddy. Here's his stuff, and I looked at Colin's site, and I'm like, okay, this is the guy that's got to do this. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Like, I was so psyched. And then we got that email, and it's like, okay, um, I got some bad news, and I got some good news. Um, <laughs> bad news is is that Colin really doesn't have the time to fit this whole project in. Good news is is he's got a friend that was interested in doing it. P.S. His name's Jim Lawson, and like I'll I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not. I've I was not huge into comics as a kid. Um, I, 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 I had a handful, but not like huge, but one of the things I was big into was the Ninja Turtles yeah. and I did, um, have a, a plenty of Ninja Turtles comics. And so it's like, it was crazy because it's like, this is somebody I actually read and given my meager, uh, exposure to comics, the fact that, that somebody that whose comics I read as a kid is going to be drawing our comic is it's insane. Yeah. And I don't remember the specifics of how they met. It was. Uh, and so if Colin hears this, I'm sorry if I messed up your meeting Jim Lawson story, but I, he, he was somehow referred to him for helping them after Mirage was closed. Like, I don't know if he already kind of knew him or some, you know, he was introduced at some point, but Colin was actually like the guy that got brought in to help them kind of like go through all their artwork, um, that it was in Mirage studios and, you know, kind of catalog things and make sure things were stored properly. And he, he was telling me when he walked in, it was like, it, like an artist's worst nightmare seeing some of your favorite artists work just kind of strewn around an office building like not in any kind of protective storage just kind of stacks of papers with original artwork and he kind of helped them get all of that in order and they became friends that way and they've actually done um so so jim will be doing penciling if this happens and colin will be doing inking and i think we've linked a couple examples of a few things they've done already with that and the end result is pretty amazing. So yeah. it's, it's nice to be able to like talk this up as much as we can, because it's like, we're not tooting our own horn at all. This is just how good they are at their craft. Yeah. And we're super excited to be able to do that. So if we get, absolutely, if we get to where we need to be, um, all the patrons Which are, are going to get... We think we're getting there. I mean, we're there. We just have to maintain at this point. Yeah. If we're able to maintain, then um, we're going to be able to put out a really cool comic um, in PDF for all of the all the patrons, everybody that's backed us. Um, the I've been toying with this, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention it now. Um, 
the re the reason that we had kind of set this this price point, we did all the math on this and set it at five months is because we didn't want it to, to stretch too far out into the future. We didn't want it to be a year down the line when we're, when we're putting out this right. comic. Uh, but the rea the realities of where we are price wise is going to put us probably at about like an eight to nine page comic, which we really haven't talked too much about like length and where we're going to be with it. Um, I'm toying with, um, you know, we we're, we've kind of hit our final milestone, but we're we're actually pretty darn close to 300. Um, so I'm toying with um, setting another milestone at 300, where if we get there and maintain it for the month for the five months that we're looking for, um, that we might actually be able to put out a longer comic, yeah. which would be exciting. Yeah. I think all of us want to. Like we're we're even now we're just like how much can we fit in a exactly. page? Like what can we do? Yeah. Like what are we gonna have to cut? And we know I that I think we spent maybe an hour talking about how much we can cram in on one page and like how much plot can develop in here and right. there and how many frames. Yeah, hey, I hate to interrupt, but yeah. I actually have to get going. It's my kid's bedtime. But thank you guys so much. This is the first time I've been on a geekly stream or a geekly podcast proper i guess other than my two lines in that one episode so it's very exciting for me i haven't <laughs> podcasted in a couple of years so this is really cool i'd love to get on some more stuff so hopefully i get to interact with more geekly fans and friends in the near future um, but until then thank you guys have a great night bye jonah bye adios jonah see ya nika All is right. it your bed by time too yeah, it is. I didn't know if we were finishing up or if you guys were going to keep um, going. I'm probably... There is one more question I wanted to tackle uh, for sure, but I mean... No, I don't have... It's up to you. I don't have much more show left in me either. I think we're, we're, we're kind of coming into an end here. Um, so if there's okay. one more that you want to you wanna tackle while we're here. Yeah, um, and I actually didn't see this originally when I had scrolled through or I would have started. Um, this is from Rob Weeks again, and it is... Is magic and mythos part of the I Am Sayer universe? Oh, that's an interesting question. It is. Um, and it was different from everything else we got, so I wanted to pull that one out and, uh, and tackle that one. Um, it's weird because I know... if it, feels like, it feels like one of those things where it's like if we answer this question definitively one way or another, we're handcuffing ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't done anything magical so far. Um, I don't know if, like... What you traditionally think about as magic is something that, I mean, we are really beholden to physics, like to the point where. Well, I know uh, the I know Rob is a big Cthulhu and friends friend, friend, so I think maybe when he talks about mythos, he's talking like Cthulhu mythos, right? And that sort of magic. And I'm uh, answering this on uh, kind of in separate in separate forms. So okay. first, talking about like the magic aspect of it, I mean, we try to ground everything in in realism as tightly as we can. Um, I spend an ungodly amount of time researching Math. horrible things, just the worst things to be able to, to do the show. Like I'm on so many government watch lists now at this point, just because of the stuff that I Google to figure out like how much flesh weighs, you know, things like that, that you shouldn't really need to know. Um, and always, whenever Adam tells us he's doing math, we know something awful is going to happen. Like, whenever he's <laughs> trying to work on a math problem or figure something out, you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. It's like either somebody's carving something off of themselves or they're going to be set in isolation for about 300 years. <laughs> um, but to, to talk about the, the mythos side of things, we've actually it's actually happened already. Um, it's kind of already happened. Um, we have cultists 
uh, or a church, mm -hmm. if you'd like to think of it that way, but um, you can think of it either way. Um, and the stairwell of Lang Lang is, if you if you know anything about Mythos, that's, I don't know how it's pronounced, because I only, I've read about it, but it's, it's spelled L-E-N-G, which is a plane, I guess, of existence that's used in a lot of Cthulhu Mythos stuff. Um, so when we talk about the stairwell of Lang and the church that's going on in there, there's some, that's where we're, that's where the, kind of the mythos side of things is happening. Um, and it's something we definitely want to touch more on in the future um, to kind of get more information as to what's happening there. Um, but that's some, that's some stuff that we've kind of added in that, that, that goes in that direction. Yeah. So I think that about sums it up but that was a very interesting question that i saw that that just caught my eye so so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you everybody for the questions um it makes us feel good that we've got so many people that actually are interested in what we're doing um and uh listen to us each and every other week <laughs> um and thank you so much to everybody that's been supporting us on patreon um obviously we would not be able to do the stuff that we're doing um to the level that we're doing it uh without you guys uh, being able to support us so um thanks so much for that um we're gonna release this as our first i guess uh patreon um bonus episode and we've got some other ideas for how we're gonna do um some of the rest of them we may do other q a's in the future um but uh we're toying with the idea of um, some Sayer Q&As, um, so um, kind of more canonical Q&As, uh, just people asking questions of Sayer, kind of like they did in that thread, um, and then Sayer advising them on that stuff. Um, so that's one of the things we're toying with. And we've got some other kind of uh, little ideas for things that we're going to do, but we've kind of um, committed to doing another 12 episodes this year. So um, this will be the first extra. It'll come out this Friday. Um, and then every once in a while every month or so for the next year we'll be filtering in an extra one um so we've got that coming out uh we've got the fiasco template coming out yeah it's in the google drive um unfortunately my laptop chose this week to fry so it's got that on there but i have rewritten most everything on there and it is uh, up in the Google Drive. We gotta go through and format everything and make sure it's all good to go in a PDF with the correct fonts, uh, cause those were being silly. So we'll get that squared away. And then I'm excited to play Fiasco with you guys. All you Patreons, I am so ready to play with you guys. This is gonna be awesome. And um, we're commissioning more music. We've got um, the first uh, set of uh, of character art for the for the comic that's getting started on uh, hopefully over the course of this week so um, all that stuff is looking to come out um, soon 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 so that's an exciting time for us right now and it's all entirely based upon you guys' support so thanks again for that and that's it yeah, thank you guys so much that's the show 